It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Tuesday morning at Wax, chore time, shank of the day, Bob and Joe with you to share some farm news and markets on what looks like a pretty good turnaround week as we have weather going to be a whole lot nicer I don't know. I think we've seen the last of the snow for this year. I hope we've seen the last, at least fallen from the sky. I know some folks got some that probably still has to melt yet, but for the most part, I think the snowing is over as we're going to get, well, we'll be in the upper 50s today and then 60s by next Monday. It should be about 70. And that's a good thing, whether you're trying to get crops in the ground, trying to dry out the ground so we can do that or get calves on the ground, whatever the case may be. But again, Bob and Jill with you. The calf crop is growing how much over the weekend? Just by one. We've got 46. So you still got what? How many left? Seven. All right. Seven left to go. So, uh, and uh, good calving weather should be pretty nice for the most part. Looking for partly sunny temperatures, upper 60s. And that's going to be a good thing. Other things we're looking at. The uh, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin elections are underway, so if you're in one of those districts, and we'll share that with you as we go along, and when do you start celebrating? <laughs> well, I'm start. Well, maybe I should start Friday night so I have enough nerve to go across that stage. There you go. Jill graduates from college this weekend at the UW-Stout. Congratulations. Thank you. I know this is something you've worked on a long time. You've been... Teaching, teaching aid, and all kinds of stuff down at the uh, Osseo Fairchild Schools, and been working on. Uh, I know you taught, uh, help practice, teach what down in Mondovi. And, yep, I went to Mondovi last spring. Yeah, so uh, again, it's all going to end with graduation this Saturday at the UW Stout. So congratulations to our Jill Welke and all the other college graduates that we have uh, in our Wax family. Lots of them, and. Uh, that's a good thing. We're going to take a look at, uh, well, some other things going on. You had a chance to uh, talk with Jason Hausler. Now, who's Jason? What did you talk to him about? Well, he's an assistant dean from UW Extension, and we talked about the Extension's role in the fairs, and they're working as a partnership, and they're really part of the educational part of the fair. All right. So, uh, again, people think the Extension's job is to run the fair. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a partnership. Yeah, there you go. And they want to support the people that are putting on the fairs and help them with guidance, but mostly they're out there to educate. All right, and we'll also hear a little bit about the Equity Co-op Livestock, uh, their livestock feeding program. Our Pam Yonke had a chance to talk to uh, Gary Williams, who's a vice president down at Equity, about uh, what their feeding program is all about. So we got a lot of chores to do this morning on Wax and I don't know, maybe the most pleasant one is telling you about the weather. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, the check of our weather this morning brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. New 2022 campers starting at 12488 at ChilsonRV.com. And boy, I'll tell you, this week you might want to get the camper out. It's going to be a dandy. Partly sunny today, about 56, down to 31 overnight. Then sunny to partly sunny all the way through probably next Monday. 63 on Wednesday, 69 on Thursday, 68 on Friday, 69 on Saturday, 68 on Sunday, and 70 on Monday. I like the sound of that. Hope you do, too. It's it's going to be a pretty nice day. Partly sunny and 56, 44 right now. Just a minute after 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM. W-A-X-X Eau Claire, that means it's time to check the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The White House contends that the U.S. banking system is fine after a third bank failed over the weekend. Trey Thomas has more. The White House promises the banking system is safe after First Republic's collapse. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre. We have taken decisive and forceful actions these past several weeks uh, to make sure that the banking system is in a stable position. 
Speaking in a briefing, Jean-Pierre said American businesses and individuals can be confident their deposits are there if they need them after the bank was bought by J.P. Morgan Chase. I'm Trey Thomas. At least six people are dead and 30 injured after a dust storm pileup in south-central Illinois. Crews remain at the site near Springfield on Interstate 55. A dust storm hit the area, dramatically bringing down visibility, causing a chain reaction crash. Police say 40 to 60 vehicles were involved in crashes Monday afternoon, and several were engulfed in flames. Officials say it occurred when heavy winds blew dirt from farm fields across the highway. Former President Trump is set to appear in a CNN presidential town hall next week in New Hampshire. Brian Shook fills us in. The network made the announcement Monday saying anchor Caitlin Collins will moderate the event in Goffstown on May 10th. Trump will take questions from local Republicans and undeclared voters ahead of the 2024 GOP primary. It'll be the former president's first CNN appearance since the 2016 presidential campaign. The event will air at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm Brian Shook. And Hollywood writers are calling a strike. That means the production of some shows like late-night talk shows could go dark this week. The Writers Guild of America tweeted on Monday that the board of directors have unanimously voted to call a strike, which is effective as of Tuesday. That's when the WGA's current contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers expires. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Nice weather on the way. It'll get here today. That's what's even better about it. We're looking for partly sunny skies today, 56, and that should be the story out through about uh, next Monday, something like that. Maybe a shower late Sunday or Monday, but otherwise partly sunny to fully sunny. High's going to be in the 60s until we get to Monday, then high about 70. A beautiful moon out there this morning. About a half a moon, but it's very, very bright. And Jill went out and checked the two-inch soil temperature. What does it look like this morning out behind our barn? 46 degrees. All right, in the sod, 46 degrees. So warming up. We get sunshine, and this week the temperature should uh, should get up to that magic 50 degree. The trick is to hold it there and warm it up from there. So uh, that's where we're at. But again, quick check of our weather. Brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps at ChilsonMotors.com. Once again, around the area, 41 in Rice Lake and Marshfield, 42 at Wausau, 40 in Medford, La Crosse, 46, Green Bay, 41, Madison, Sun Prairie at 42, Milwaukee at 43, and here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, very pleasant, 44 degrees this morning. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven minutes after five o'clock, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our markets. And Jill, how the cash livestock numbers look? Choice fed beef steers are 168 to 184 with mixed at 112 to 167. Choice fed beef heifers are 169 to 179 with mixed at 119 to 169. Choice fed Holstein steers are 140 to 148 with select and silage fed steers 87 to 139. Cows are 80 to 94 with a top of 120. Bulls are 84 to 111. Butcher hogs are 30 to 62 with sows at 20 to 28 and boars at 10 to 15. Fed market lambs are 150 to 185 with feeder lambs at 95 to 260. Ewes are 47 to 155 with small goats at 35 to 160, medium goats at 145 to 275, large goats are 155 to 330, and nanny goats are 30 to 265. Livestock futures down across the board yesterday. June live cattle, 164.87, down 60. August, 162.65, down $1.12. October live cattle, 167 even, that's down 62 cents. And December at 171.22, down 55 Feeder cattle for May, 209.70 at the close, down $1.27. The August contract down 62 cents at $230.10. September feeder cattle, 233.07, down 72. October, 234.65, down 87. And November at 234.95, down $1.12. Lean hog carcass contracts for May closed at 79.30, down 35. June eighty nine seventy down two dollars. July hogs ninety one thirty down two thirty seven, and August at ninety two sixty five down two o two. Board of trade was mixed yesterday. Corn was lower. That big uh, Brazilian safrina crop, their second crop, is big, and 
a lot of corn grown this year in Brazil, and so uh, that's weighing on the markets. Also, uh, not the best demand for U.S. corn right now. Beans were a little higher on some good demand for our beans, and overnight, how'd the market go? July corn, two to three cents higher overnight at 587. The oats up one to two cents at 306. July wheat, one to two cents higher at 620. And July soybeans up nine cents overnight, 1436. Dairy market's not so good. Barrel cheese down two and a half yesterday, 156 and a half. Blocks down a half a cent at 168 and a quarter. Butter was unchanged at 235 and a quarter. Class three prices, not good. That's the only way to say it. May down 22 at 1660. June down 23 at 1705. July down 21 at 1770. August down 18 at 1850. And uh, September class three down a dime at 1909. And uh, later tomorrow, they'll bring out the official April class three milk price. But uh, obviously, it's not going to be anything to get real excited about. Ten minutes after 5 o'clock, what's going on with Equity Co-op and their livestock feeding program? We'll find out next right here on Wax. It's ten minutes after 5. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's often been said that getting involved in production agriculture is an expensive venture, and that's true if you're getting involved in the livestock side of production agriculture. But the Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Association has come up with unique ways that uh, they can partner with producers that might have some of the assets on hand, but not necessarily everything. And joining me to explain more about this is Gary Williams. He is the vice president of uh, the credit services for the Equity Livestock Credit Corporation out of Baraboo. Now, Gary, what I'm talking about specifically here is a program called the Livestock Feeding Program, LFP. That's not a brand-new program. How long has it been around? We've actually had the program, Pam, for probably 25 years. Uh, I've been here seven, eight years working with the program. And uh, it's an, as you pointed out, it is an alternative to... Um, Getting livestock on the farm, I guess, uh, with uh, uh, a limited capital investment. Yeah, it, it caught my attention because it basically asks three questions. If you've got feed facilities and the ability to feed livestock, if you want to maybe get into a partnership situation, and if your your credit looks halfway decent, explain the situation, Gary. What is this livestock feeding program, and why does equity spend time and invest money in this type of arrangement? Well, there's uh, mutually beneficial uh, reasons for doing that. One, uh, one of our goals here at Equity, of course, is to keep cattle in Wisconsin, feed livestock in Wisconsin, and if we can assist by financing as well as adding to our marketing uh, uh, endeavors, uh, you know, there's more cattle for everybody to uh, benefit from the program. Uh, we also like to see uh, people uh, maybe transitioning into the business or dairy farmers, for instance. Uh, there's a high level of interest from dairy farmers who have exited the dairy industry for a number of reasons and are looking to make use of their facilities, their feed, and their cattle feeding ability. Um, many Many dairymen, as you know, Pam, are excellent with livestock, and uh, uh, they just take the uh, opportunity to feed livestock for uh, for beef production uh, versus the dairy that they exited. Now, the, this is an interesting time in the livestock market area. The, the animals themselves are very, very uh, worthwhile as far as marketing is concerned, but could be tough, could be a little bit of a shock to people trying to buy into beef. So explain how this all works, Gary. How does the partnership uh, benefit both? The the, uh, the benefit to the producer is uh, uh, Equity Credit Corporation is in a position to provide capital to buy the animal uh, to allow the individual farmer feeder to invest his feed into the animal, use his facilities, uh, and then reap the rewards of this current strong beef market, um, which, you know, as you say, it's it's been exciting right now, but it costs a lot of money to buy these feeder cattle. And uh, But there is opportunity with the price of feed and the feed on hand uh, to profit from some exceptional market prices that are available right now. 
So as you look at it, uh, equity gets the opportunity to move more cattle, place them on farms, and then again resell them in our markets, and the producer gets to use his facilities and hopefully generate a profit uh, you know, from the cattle that we put on the farm. Right. And again, that's Gary Williams with the Equity Co-op Livestock. He works with that program, the uh, Livestock Feeding Program, and uh, contact your equity barn or equity down at Baraboo Looking to put some cattle on the farm, uh, you know, that's uh, initial cattle prices are, are pretty strong right now. So if you want to do that and want some help, give uh, give Gary a call down at Equity in Baraboo. Or as we said, talk to your uh, local Equity sale barn. we got a lot of them around here. We'll hear from a couple of them as we go along this morning. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock, we've got more news in agriculture coming up here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, Ag Country Farm Credit Services bringing us a look at some of our farm news this morning. And Jill, what's happening? On Friday, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency issued an emergency fuel waiver that allows E15 gasoline to be sold in the summer months. In March, a group of bipartisan U.S. senators called on the Biden administration to allow the year-round sale of E-15 fuel in 2023. Legislation has also been introduced to allow year-round sales of ethanol blends higher than 15, higher than 10%. Permanent biofuel regulations are expected to help lower fuel costs, support farmers and producers, and provide needed certainty in fuel markets. Last week, the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service released their Agriculture Prices Report of March prices. The average price for corn in March was $6.25 per bushel. That's $0.09 lower than February and $0.09 below March 2022 prices. Soybean average prices were $14 per bushel in March, $0.14 lower than February and $0.80 below last year March prices. The average oat cost oat price per bushel was $4.54, $0.04 lower than February, and $0.85 below last March's prices. All hay prices averaged $151 per ton in March, $5 lower than February prices, but just $1 below March 2022 prices. Alfalfa hay averaged $162 per ton in March, and that's $7 lower than February and a dollar higher than March 2022. The Wisconsin all milk price also came out and was $20.50 per hundredweight in March. 10 cents higher than February, but $4.80 below March 2022 prices. The U.S. all milk, the U.S. all milk price was $21.10 in March. That's 50 cents lower than last month. Farmers in Florida and Oregon enjoyed the highest all-milk price of $24.40 per hundredweight this March. All right, so some of the news in agriculture brought to us, as we said, by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Coming up, we're going to hear Jill talk with Jason Hausler about the uh, relationship between extension and uh, the fair organizations around Wisconsin. That's next. Right here on Wax, uh, and a partly sunny day today should be about 56 for the high. That'll be the cool high for the next few days, finally. Well into the 60s, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday should be, uh, well, I'm going to say probably more sun than clouds as well. That'll feel good. And coming up on Monday, it should be about 70 degrees. So uh, things are looking better. Hang in there. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I seem to get a lot of questions about extensions, rolls, and fare. And this is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I caught up with Jason Hausler. He's assistant dean from UW-Madison Extension. We talked about how UW-Extension was reorganized because of budget cuts, what extension looks like through education. And I found out that extension really does support the fairs, but it's not through administration. It is through education. So in 2015, UW Extension, as it was at the time, like the University of Wisconsin system, absorbed uh, a larger, largest budget cut in our history, uh, $250 million to the system 
as a whole. And to our division, that was nearly $3.5 million. So um, we could not continue to do the same with less resources. Uh, less is less. So we had to really look through um, our structure and, and say, can we continue to do business as, as usual? Uh, well, no, we can't. And so that started our next-gen reorganization in 2015. Um, many people, many of the listeners may have, have seen parts of that, and it was implemented officially in 2017. And so in 2017, we went from single department heads in each county to an area director model. So we have one administrator for four counties, not a one administrator for each county uh, to consolidate those administrative responsibilities to really allow our educators to educate. They were hired to do that. So trying to take that administrative stuff off of their plate. So then that was in 2017. So we, we were dealing with that uh, large budget cut. Um, and then in 2018, um, UW System President Ray Cross um, made the decision that um, the two-year campuses, the two-year colleges, would be combined with a, a thirteen-year or a thir- one of our thirteen uh, UW System campuses. So in in West Central Wisconsin, here uh, UW Barron County um, became UW Barron County Eau Claire or UW Eau Claire Barron County. And so when that happened, Extension was part of UW Colleges and Extension. And then we administratively transitioned to UW Madison in 2019. So we've been dealing with a lot of reorganization things since 2015, uh, partly because of of funding. So that large budget cut that we saw in 2015, and then in 2019 with our administrative transition to Madison, which uh, brought some wonderful uh, resources back to the division that we haven't seen in a long, long time, and at the same time, uh, some procedural things that needed to change to fall in line with with uh, kind of our, our new administrative home so uh when you when you when you bring um I, the best analogy i can i can give is that when you have uh two established families you have the extension family and you have the uv madison family and in any partnership you're going to have your your ups and downs it's like a, a a blended family that comes to get together and so you you have different policies and procedures that you're trying to marry together um and there's going to be some hiccups hiccups along the way and we've We've weathered the storm there, and, and I, I would say that we are in a better spot today, um, at least from my perspective, uh, than we've been in, in maybe quite some time, at least since 2015, um, and that we're trending in the in the right direction. Uh, when we when we look at uh, you know increased fiscal resources to our division, we're seeing um, not a huge transition trending up, but we're seeing some positives. We uh, ag funding um, is, is is growing for our division. And so we're seeing some small incremental positive changes uh, to start building back to, uh, to where we were. Uh, I don't think um, at this time we're not, you know, going to be a, a one-to-one um, uh, perspective, meaning we, we can't uh, reciprocate uh, every ask that we get uh, for for staffing. Um, that's the, the nature of, of the beast right now. Um, but we're working through and finding creative solutions that counties feel supported and and getting the resources that they need um, to address the local needs that they have uh, with our resources with an extension. And you brought up staffing, and that's been something that I know comes across my plate a lot. And with the aging and retirement of some of the uh, 4-H educators and the uh, egg educators, how is that determined whether you replace one for one or if you're going to combine county resources i could sit here and say that there's a there's a, a matrix that we go through and say yep yeah, because of this because of that then it's a one-to-one or it's one to you know one staff person for every two counties but we really take it case by case and look at it uh organizationally of of where do our dollars we have limited resources where can we maximize those dollars and where are our count where are our county partners and what are their needs so if, if they're looking for somebody that can do, you know, water quality work in the natural resources arena, but they're looking for a crops and soils educator that can really focus in on, um, you know, cover crops if, if, or, you know, what do those resources look or what do their needs look like and where do our resources complement that? And where can we find some, some extra funding to extra mural funding that comes in and says, okay, yeah, we can partner with uh, fill in the blank organization that they want to uh, work with extension too. So we're trying to be, um, moldable and adaptable. So I, I can't sit here and say that it's a there's a, a, a metrics that we that we have that says okay because of this then that it's really a case by case basis because we have other partners that come in. You know I'll give an example in Northern Wisconsin we have the aging and disability resource centers that come in and say we want to help fund 
uh, part-time of a human development relationships educator because of the work in the Strong Bodies program. Okay, so we're, we're going to work with that, but we're also going to use state resources and county resources to leverage and maximize our staffing plan for that respective county or counties. So, um, again, I, I go back to we, we saw a huge cut in, in 2015. We're, in, we're not back to that, that fiscal level, so we can't continue to do what we've done um, with less resources. Less is less, and that's the unfortunate piece, and I think that's where uh, I hear it, you hear it, other people hear it. It's like I, I wish we had extension back the way it was. I do too. I wish we had we were flush with with money that we once were, um, but uh, with with tight budgets, uh, tight uh, state and county budgets. Um, even though the the state may have resources, the state extension office that is, the counties may say we don't have the money either. So it's it's a it's a both and. It's not just the state saying we can or cannot fund a position. It's the counties too saying we have limited resources and we can't continue to fund that we the way we once did for extension. So. Um, it's really that partnership that we have with counties uh, and other community partners that we try and leverage the best that we can to serve the people of our communities um, in whatever discipline it, it may be, whether it's um, health and well-being in the mental health arenas or ag, 4-H. Um, how do we maximize uh, our dollars and make them go the furthest? When you brought up partnerships, that brings my thought to your goals and roles in the community and how has that kind of changed or how is that working together one of the biggest things that you know you and i had talked about uh is is the fair uh, arena and, and kind of the roles and responsibilities of, of extension staff with county fairs and i i get that question asked a lot of me too it was like so what is extension doing with county fairs and how are it sounds like you guys are pulling away from county fairs and you're not intimately involved with them anymore. And uh, for face value, I, I, I hear, or I could see why people would say that. But in the back end, um, you know, I, I think when we look at 4-H staffing across the state, we have one educator for two counties at times. Sometimes it's a one-to-one. Some, some are very fortunate. Marathon County has one and a half staff members. They have a thousand member program. And so we're able to build some of that staffing back. But the roles and responsibilities, our, our core in extension is education. It has always been that. I mean, E.L. Luther is the first county-based educator uh, in Oneida County. Um, our foundation is in, in education. I think in some arenas, uh, and I'll use the, the fair one as an example, we have uh, at times overreached in areas with administration um, that is not our wheelhouse. And so we're trying to swing the pendulum back to what is our core? What is what do we do well? What is the the roots of our organization is education, and we need to get back to that. And so, working with uh, Jamie Butkey and the Association Wisconsin Association of Fairs uh, over the last nearly five years um, to really look through um, the, the the arena of the fairs and where our staff uh, in relation to the governing bodies of fairs, fair boards, ag societies, whatever that be, uh, where do those roles and responsibilities fall? When it comes to state statute and Department of Ag, Trade and Consumer Protection, Chapter 160, um, as, as the, the guiding foundation for, for county fairs, um, working with Deb Jagir at DATCAP, who is the, the fair um, coordinator down there, to really start to pull apart and, and realign or recalibrate where our staff, where their roles and responsibilities fall with certain partnerships. That it's not, uh, uh, that it's, so we seek win win. Like, if it's a win for the for the fair or another partner, I'll use the fair as an example. But um, they get community based education at their county fair with their fair partners, uh, and we get to work within our our arena within the youth development arena with 4-H uh, and Ag is to say we're working with those participants at the fair as a prime exhibition opportunity for our young people. We were getting uh, we had to peel pull back and kind of peel uh, peel the onion, if you will, and. and and Jamie Butkey and I talk about that all the time. It was like, we start peeling this onion back, and there's so many different layers to it. Um, and the when you start peeling back, you, you uncover more things. I'm like, okay, so that who's, whose responsibility is that? When it comes down to, at the end of the day, if extension is, is you know, there's not enough staff members, who's going to pick that responsibility up and finding the best balance of that? So is it a fair responsibility? Is it an extension responsibility? Or is it a different partner's responsibility to cover certain things? Um, so we really started to take some uh, a harder look at those those responsibilities. And again, those responsibilities, uh, whose are they? That's what they're looking at. Jason Hausler, who's uh, 
used to be in Dunn County, now uh, Extension uh, Vice President or whatever, with the UW Extension Service, explaining a little bit about the relationship between Extension and the fairs. We'll find out about markets. Rocky's going to join us next from Premier. It's market time at Wax. Let's get over to Premier Livestock in with you. Rocky Olson is with us. Morning, Rocky. Morning, morning. Well, looks like Mother Nature's turning the page, so it'll be more fun going out and looking at cattle this week, so enjoy that. But uh, we started yesterday. How'd the sale go? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how Monday's auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold right at 1,100 head of livestock yesterday. Fed cattle traded steady to a little lower. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 138 to 150. Select low choice Holsteins, 125 to 137. Choice beef steers and heifers, 145 to 166. Market cows, high yielding from 88 all the way up to $1.08. Most cows, 73 to 87. High yielding market bulls from 90 97 to a dollar 12. Organic market cows sold every Monday, mostly 110 to 145. Newborn Holstein bull calves continue strong, mostly from 150 to 400 dollars per head. Your beef calves 175 to 535. Today, Tuesday, we're going to have our special feeder cattle option. Uh, we're also selling bred beef cows and beef breeding bulls. We're expecting seven to eight hundred head of feeder cattle. Uh, got a nice selection of beef breeding bulls, including some fancy registered Angus bulls. This will be our first. First uh, breeding bull auction of the season. Uh, come on, check that out. They'll sell at 11 o'clock with the beef cows, then moving on to feeder cattle. Then Wednesday, dairy cattle auction. Tremendous lineup of dairy cattle, selling 350 to 400 head of dairy cattle, three complete herd dispersals. Herd number one, we get 140 high-quality Holstein Parlor freestall cows, 93-pound tank average on 2X, 4.45 butterfat, 125 cell count, 60 years of AI breeding behind that nice herd of cows. Herd number two, we got uh, registered herd. Uh, Going to be all the cows, all the heifers, deep pedigreed kind. They're milked and tie stall, averaging 80 pounds of milk with a 90 cell count. Some real stick out individuals on the cows. Uh, the heifers are exceptional. Uh, there's going to be several show prospects in there. We'll also be selling some embryos out of that herd, also including a semen tank. Herd number three, 50 Holstein tie stall cows, 60 pound average, 30 years of AI breeding. Uh, also selling 25 fancy Jersey crosses, guys. Uh, you know the good ones from Kemper Farms. They're all two and three year olds. They're all parlor freestyle. They're the ripping fancy ones. Uh, plus lots more. All the details, all the listings at Premier Livestock and Auctions.com, including detailed daily market reports. Questions? Give us a call at Premier 715 229 2500. And that's how things are shaping up, Bob. Well, it sounds like you're not going to run to work this week, so we'll let you get out. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock and Withy. But uh, for going to look at cattle and everything else, it should be a good one. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13. Look at our weather. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Well, this is one of those weeks you just put your feet up and say, yeah, just like yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> just like yesterday. It's finally going to be uh, nice, sunny. We can dry things out. Uh, is the wind going to die down or not? Nah, not really for today. Later right. on tonight it will, but okay. uh, yeah, that's going to keep us just a little on the cooler side for today before we actually really get into those uh, seasonable temperatures. But we'll still have some sunshine for today, topping out mostly into the mid-50s, and then looking at uh, tonight, partly cloudy right around the freezing point. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny into the low 60s. But Thursday starts off with some sunshine, warming up to the upper 60s and potentially low 70s. But then we also have a chance at some showers, possibly some storms later into the afternoon. Sunshine returns a little bit on Friday, upper 60s once again, and that takes us into Saturday. Sunday starting off with a partly sunny sky, upper 60s and low 70s, and a chance at some uh, showers, possibly some thunderstorms going into the afternoon. And then starting off mostly sunny next week and temperatures into the low to potentially mid-70s. Right now we have seen that cloud cover clear out a little bit and a temperature of 42 degrees in Eau Claire. Ah, uh, good. Monday, 70. Yeah, that is going to be nice. It certainly is. And the lead-up's not going to be bad either. No, not so much. So, uh, yeah, gas up that convertible and get her ready, Bob. We're all set to go. Thanks, Michael. You betcha. Have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 looking at our weather this morning. We're going to get Morgan with some news, and that's coming up next right here on Wax. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And at Northside Elevator today in Loyal, the corn price is 570, soybeans 1401, down at Arcadia 576 and 1410. Into the newsroom we go. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, Bob. What's well, a good word? Sunshine, and that's a good word. 60s, upper 60s. I suppose this will probably be the week that Siggy's got no ball games to go to. Yeah, right. You can sit out in the bleachers and enjoy it. We're going to Viking Country. I'll be in Colfax tonight for Uh-oh. a track meet, and uh, softball practice is underway and starting, so mom's got to keep up again. Oh, that a girl. Well, we'll uh, let you get the news on here so you can get going. We can do that, and we're going to keep it pretty close to the 715 today, beginning with headlines out of Dunn County, an update there after a deadly house fire. One person dead in Dunn County as the fire broke out yesterday morning. This was in the town of Tiffany, the rural part of Dunn. The sheriff's office says a 74-year-old man was found dead inside of the home, though no word on his identity yet or what started the fire. As deputies say, that investigation remains ongoing. Well, plenty of people at the Mifflin Block Party in Madison, and one of them suited up in red as uh, Badgers wide receiver Marcus Allen could be facing weapons charges. He was among the arrested at the Mifflin Street Block Party over the weekend on a tentative charge of intoxicated use of a gun. Now, he's no longer in custody. He hasn't been charged yet. Overall, police say of the tens of thousands that turned out for that party, about 44 people were arrested. All said and done. Looking at a shakeup on the political stage, Wisconsin's newest elections commissioner is coming from Milwaukee County. Governor Evers yesterday named former Milwaukee County Clerk Joe Sarnecki to the Elections Commission. He's replacing former Sheboygan County Clerk Julie Glancy, who retired recently. Now, in fact, Sarnecki's no stranger to the political stage here in the state, spending a decade in the legislature in the 80s, and then most recently had activity as an elected official on Milwaukee County's Area Board of Supervisors. If you want to put a woolly mammoth on your car, you can do that in the form of a new license plate. They're available in Wisconsin. You could be seeing these on vehicles soon. It's uh, for the Ice Age Trail, and it's a baby blue license plate. It has a yellow stripe across the bottom and then shows that woolly mammoth on the side. More information, you can see what that looks like. And uh, if you're interested in adding that to your vehicle, 715newsroom.com. And they're off. Well, not yet, but the field is getting set for Derby Day. Get those fancy hats ready. You're going to hear a little it's bit more. It's a full field of 20 horses in the Kentucky Derby. Number 15, Forte, is the 3-1 to one morning line favorite for the Derby. Forte is the Florida Derby winner, trained by Todd Pletcher. The Colt will start in the number 15 post position. Yeah, we're happy with the draw. Trainer Brad Cox has four Derby horses. A pair of them, hit show and verifying, will break from the inside one and two posts. Um, I don't think it eliminates the inside horses like it used to with the auxiliary gate so i'm gonna you know take a positive spin on it hopefully he and verifying can get good trips from down inside post time for the kentucky derby is 6:57 eastern time on saturday i'm paul miles and we better take it back to the barn with the wheelbarrow handy with bob bosel jill welke and your midwest farm report on wax 104.5 you like horse racing i always watch the derby my grandma and i uh, would watch that every year together and i was always the one that had to go down to the barn with the wheelbarrow and do the <laughs> do the you know what role when it came to yeah. horses on the at the farm right yeah it's like i mean they get a cavalry charge with 20 horses every year it's really really something you watch the derby oh i don't miss it yeah I, I, saturday will be you know and i look at this weather forecast partly sunny 69 and i'll be in and out mm-hmm. watching races you know it takes what half an hour between races yeah but, but it's a big day well i always like they do the long story lead up so you get to learn more about the jockeys yeah. and that yeah. kind of thing so yeah i always like derby day too and i think even uh, friday I did get a notification that your fancy hat is on the way. So you let me know when you want to get okay, fitted for that, okay? I'll do that. That's right. for sure. All right, my dear. We'll see you later. It's a date, Bob. There goes Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. We're about 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. We'll take a look at more news, a few things going on around the area as well. For those who work in acres... Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 42 degrees out there is the air temperature. And what did we say the two-inch soil temperature was this morning? 46? 46. All right. So uh, those are some of the numbers you need to know. What are some of the other ones? Well, there was a new report that shows operators of small farms are more likely to spread manure on their cropland as a plant nutrient source. According to data collected and released by the USDA Economic Research Service, small farms that grow crops and raise animals have easy access to manure that can be used on fields as fertilizer. 
but large farmers tend to specialize without diversifying their operation, mostly leaving out animal production, limiting their access to manure produced on the farm. Half of the smallest farms apply manure to their cornfields, while only 13% of the large corn farmers apply manure. Of the 241 million acres planted of the seven major, major U.S. field crops, corn, barley, oats, cotton, peanuts, soybeans, and wheat, Manure's applied only to about 8% of that growing area. All right. So, uh, again, manure spreading. Hopefully we're getting that all wrapped up so we can actually get in and start planting crops in those uh, freshly fertilized fields. But, again, uh, some of that stuff is kind of slow. I saw this week's crop progress report. I think uh, we've got about 26% of the corn planted around the country now and about 19% of the soybeans here in Wisconsin are really just getting started two or three percent but uh we'll get an update on that and share that with you tomorrow morning as we uh, look at more of our farm news at that time but uh, also uh, going on there are going to be some cowboys and cowgirls busy this weekend the toma regional high school and rodeo and junior high rodeo will be coming up this weekend at that monroe county fairgrounds that starts on friday may 5th with a warm-up jackpot at 6 o'clock p.m. And then on Saturday, there is a performance at 10 o'clock and a Sunday performance at 9 o'clock a.m. And, boy, they've got a lot of stuff going on down there. Yeah, and I'll tell you, they should have beautiful weather. 68, 69, 68, almost, you know, down there might be 70 degrees over the weekend. Great weather for rodeoing and watching the rodeo, watching those kids. Remember, you used to have the... The Little Britches Rodeo outside Eau Claire it used to be the uh, Little Ponderosa out at uh, where 37 goes down and uh, go down to cut down to Mondova. you cut down to Durand right there on that corner. And uh, used to have a lot of young people from around Wisconsin going on the high school rodeo. So, again, the uh, high school rodeo down at Toma this weekend. They've had that for a long time down there. All right, anything else on the calendar, or is that about wrapping outside of the big event this weekend over <laughs> UW Stout? When do you walk across the stage to get your diploma on Saturday? On Saturday at one thirty. Ah, good for you. And at least they don't have everybody crawling across. They have a 9.30 session, they have a one thirty session, and the uh, graduate students will be at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. All right, so which session are you in? I'm at one thirty. All right, you're at one thirty. good deal. So don't look for Jill at one thirty on Saturday unless you're over in Menominee. Anything else going on? Not <laughs> as important as that, but what else might happen? Well, on Saturday, there's a night at the... Oh, words are small. There's a night at the Desert Belly Dance Show. That's in Fall Creek <laughs> High School. You found this, so I'm going to read it. I thought this was kind of fun. It's from 7 to 9 p.m., and it says, Come and enjoy a family-friendly show by... Samarsa with amazing belly dancers from all over Wisconsin and Minnesota. All right. So if you want to go watch belly dancing, Fall Creek High School? Fall Creek High School from 7 to 9 on Saturday. All right. (laughs) There you go. Go to Chicken Chasers and warm up and then go to the belly (laughs) dancing and then go to Chicken Chasers and cool off. (laughs) There you go. All right. So a lot of fun belly dancing in Fall Creek. Oh, boy, what next? All right, 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got some markets to get to and uh, one other thing going on in the news. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And something we'll elaborate on a little bit more tomorrow morning. The Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin annual board elections are underway. The old milk marketing board with a new name. And again, every year, there's, what, 24, 25 districts every year. A third of those come up for election or re-election. And uh, again, we've got District 1, 4, 7, and 13 in our area that will be on the ballot. And those ballots should be getting mailed out. If you don't have them already, you should have them pretty soon in those districts. And then you'll have until May 23rd to get those back into the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. And we'll tell you the candidates and the... Fill in more of those details a little bit more tomorrow morning. But uh, right now, Jill, let's get to the markets. That's right. Let's 11 minutes before 6 o'clock, and it's 42 degrees out there. It's time to hear from Hut Eamon from Sparta. 
Fed get all selling steady to stronger today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 170 to 180. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 159 to 169. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 150 to 165. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 148 to 155. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 137 to 147 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and Heavy Steers 136 and down. Cow Market Steady. Highland Cows 90. To 105 at the top of 110, the cutters and utilities 74 to 89 with the low yielding and canner cow is 73 cents and down. Organic market today with results from the May 1st sale with the highland cows bringing 145 to 160, topping at 166. The thin and small organic cows 114 to 144 with the organic steers and heifers 165 to 180. Bull market steady, most bulls bringing 95 to 110 with the thin. Full and bulls over a ton discounted at 94 cents and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady to lower market with the quality Holstein bull calves. 150 to 250. The quality Holstein heifer calves 80 to 180. The quality beef bulls 370 to 520. Quality beef heifers 350 to $5 with the light and poor quality calves. 10 to 80 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, May 3rd. Starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Aimer to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more markets from the sale barns as we head over to Equity Stratford, and Jerry Fitzgerald is up and with us. Good morning, Jerry. Ready for a better week of weather? Well, Bob, and good morning to you. Yes, we are. And uh, I don't, I'm not so concerned about the temperature warming up. I just got this cold wind for all day today again. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be today, and then it'll be getting out of here. But uh, it's been windy. Yesterday was nasty, that's for sure. Well, how's the opening day of the week go over there at Stratford? Well, it went well, and we'll tell the folks about it, Bob. Thank you, and a good morning to everyone. Uh, summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Stratford. Another uh, busy marketing day. We'll start off with the cow market yesterday, conventional-type cows uh, selling on a steady trend yesterday. Uh, High-yielding, fleshy cows yesterday selling from 93 up to a top of 109. Uh, most of the cows yesterday, 72 to 92. There are thinner cows like carcass cows below 70. Uh, bull trade, uh, most of the bulls, better quality bulls are at 94 up to 112. Lighter weight bulls below the $90 money. A lot of calves again on the market yesterday. Uh, pretty much a steady trend on the calves. Good quality Holstein bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, 150 to 325, topping at 345 on those bull calves. A little better demand uh, yesterday on the heifer calves as compared to last week, uh, mostly from 40 up to 150 on those heifer calves. Those are the Holstein heifer calves. Now on the beef calves, good quality beef calves, uh, both beef bull calves and beef heifer calves, mostly from 250 to 550 with a top at 570. And we are at uh, 2G here at Stratford, very busy marketing day today. We'll start this morning with the hay and bedding auction, uh, part of that hay sale. We do have large squares of alfalfa if you're looking for those. Again, that'll be at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock will be the dairy cattle auction, folks. Uh, again, uh, we do have a very nice selection of dairy cattle for you today, two complete herd dispersals. Again, um, not going to be doing a lot of field work or whatever today, so take some time off. Come over to the sale. A cows for everybody's budget, all stages of lactation. We do have a complete. Our first herd will be 80 head of Holstein cows, uh, all the milk cows, dry cows, bringing heifers in that herd. Uh, they're freestall housed. Uh, TMR fed, AI breeding, these her- this cattle are coming from Shano County. And again, nice herd of cows. Our second herd is coming from Burnett County, 35 fancy Holstein cows. Again, all stages of lactation, milk and tie stalls. So good opportunity for you folks to uh, add some good quality dairy cattle. Again, that'll be at 11 o'clock. Following the dairy auction today, we will have the market auction. Of course, we do sell organic cows every Tuesday along with the conventional cattle. Tomorrow, Wednesday, auction starts around 10, full marketing day, including the uh, uh, feeder cattle auction. That will be at 1230. So, uh, folks, if you've got cattle that can sign, you any other questions, uh, we'd like to hear from you, 687-4101. And, Bob, I guess that's what we have. We'll turn it back to you. And uh, I've got to, uh, uh, well, maybe have more talk about this tomorrow, but I, uh, I'm thinking about going down to Fall Creek and watching you do that belly dancing or whatever. Doesn't know? that sound like fun? I think well, you, you, know, I think- you do it. Well, my belly, no, I, I got no belly to look at, that's for sure, over the last few years. But uh, I, I was thinking, you know, the folks down there, you could really enjoy that, you know, have that great fine lutefisk, couple of lining kugels, just a good way to spend the <laughs> evening, isn't it? <laughs> Not a bad way. I've, uh, I've done worse, that's for sure. Have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good, Bob. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Equity Stratford Sale Bar. 
And Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland, home of TYM Tractors, bringing us a look at the markets. Board of Trade mixed yesterday, corn down, a big Brazilian crop coming on the market. And uh, beans were a little higher and better demand. Overnight, July corn up two to three cents, five eighty nine or five eighty seven a bushel. The oats up one to two at three oh six. Wheat six twenty a bushel, up one to two cents. Soybeans up nine at fourteen thirty six, and meal up a dollar eighty at four hundred thirty five dollars and forty cents. At the country elevators today. Northside Elevator Loyal Location corns at five seventy with soybeans at fourteen oh one. At the Arcadia location corns at five seventy six with soybeans at fourteen ten. At the wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville locations, corns at five fifty nine with soybeans at fourteen oh one. At the country elevator prices on our DTN screen. Arcadia Golden Plump, five eighty one a bushel today. Baldwin Duran both have corn at five fifty one. Soybeans at Baldwin, thirteen eighty seven, Duran thirteen eighty two. Mondovi and Elmwood, thirteen eighty seven on their soybeans. The corn is five fifty five at Mondovi, five forty eight at Elmwood. Fall Creek, five forty one and thirteen sixty two. This corn is five seventy a bushel today at Osseo. Beans thirteen eighty seven. At Elk Mound, five sixty two and thirteen ninety two. Sparta's corn is five sixty six. Beans thirteen sixty three. Ellsworth, five forty one and thirteen sixty two. Ethanol plants. Boyceville, 591. Stanley, 587. New Richmond, 582. Dairy markets down again yesterday. Barrel cheese down 2.5, 156 and a half. The butter down a half. Uh, the butter was unchanged at 235 and a quarter. Blocks were down a half at 168 and a quarter. May class 3 down 22 at 1660. June down 23 at 1705. July down 21 at 1770. August down 18 at 1850. And September down a dime at 1909. Again, a sunny day, partly sunny today, but again, windy out there for today. Hopefully that'll end today and we'll get a little better conditions as far as the wind is concerned. 42 degrees right now, 56 with some sunshine today. Enjoy it. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.